Good evening. <clears throat> it's wonderful to see everyone here. We want to thank everyone for coming out to be here with us tonight. As, as Brother Monty said, it's kind of a small crowd, but it is a crowd. It's a crowd of believing Christians who have gathered together to study God's Word, to sing praises unto God, and we are, are going to be blessed and edified by being here together tonight to have that opportunity to, uh, to study God's Word and to be here with each other. We thank you so much for being here with us and taking the time to, uh, to be here, and we invite you back at any time that you are able to be here with us tonight. We are continuing our, our study in the book of Acts. We are on Acts. There it is. Acts chapter 24. So we are getting close to the end of the book of Acts. Paul has been taken into custody now. He's a prisoner, uh, a prisoner with some, uh, uh, some, um, some things that, that, that he gets to do, but he's a prisoner nonetheless. He started his trials. He started his court trials. There are all the different court cases, and, and there's going to be a boat ride coming up soon. Not a fun <coughs> boat ride either, and all these things are kind of starting to come. We're on this road. We're on this path to Rome now, basically. But we're here in Acts, Acts chapter 24. I'm going to have all the verses up here on the board. Uh, as, as we study tonight, we're going to recap just a little bit from Acts chapter 23, if you recall from uh, our last study with the brother Ian, as, as we did Acts chapter 23. What, what, what I want us to remember is that Paul has gone into the temple. He's, he, he's traveled. He's back at Jerusalem. He, he delivered those, those, those monies, those, those funds there that was collected from the churches of the Gentile to bring to the poor Jews there at Jerusalem. And he's done that. And then he went in, into the temple with these men to be purified. And he, was in, in, and he was in the temple with these men, not causing any ruckus, not causing any fuss, just in the temple. But then there were certain Jews from Asia that saw him there. And if you recall from any of our studies in the book of Acts, these Jews from Asia want Paul dead. They hate him. They want to kill him. So they see him. They accuse him of all these things that did not happen. And then there's this big giant uh, uproar and this captain, this, this centurion gets Paul, kind of saves him a little bit, brings him from that crowd. Paul gives a speech to that same crowd that wanted to kill him, telling him about Jesus seeing him and him seeing Jesus. And now he's going to go about and do Jesus' work, talking about the, what happened to him on the road to Damascus there. And then the, what do they do? They want to kill him again. So then they take him and they put him away in the castle or in the barracks, so to speak. And then there's a bunch of Jews, I, I, I can't remember, there's 40 or 50 Jews that make an oath that they want to kill. They're not going to eat or drink anything until they kill Paul. And this was made known to Paul's nephew. Paul's nephew told Paul. Then Paul's nephew told the, the captain there of, of, or the commander there of those barracks that, hey, these guys want to kill Paul. So when you bring him out, when they say they want to talk to him again and you bring him out, they're going to kill him. So then they send Paul away and they send him with a letter. And this, this captain, Lysias, writes this letter there to Felix, who is the governor of Caesarea, and he writes this letter saying, these Jews accuse him of all these things. I'm not, I'm, I'm, and I'm not reading the exact, I'm paraphrasing these verses here. Um, he writes this letter. He's saying, I, I'm sending him to you. These Jews want to kill him. I'm not sure what's going on or what they accuse him. I'm going to send them as well so they can come to you, governor, you, Felix, and then you can deal with the issue. That's basically what's going on. So they send him with a whole bunch of men, a whole bunch of guards, and they get him. And that's the end of, of Acts chapter 23 here where the Bible says in Acts chapter 23, verse 31, then the soldiers, as it was commanded them, took Paul because they commanded to take Paul away and bring him to to Caesarea and brought him by night to Antipatris 
And on the morrow, they, they, they let the horsemen, because they had a bunch of horsemen there, to go with them and return to the castle, who, when they came to Caesarea and delivered the Esbel, or that letter, to the governor, presented Paul also before him. And when the governor had read the letter, he asked of what uh, a province he was, and when he understood that he was of, of, uh, 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 of uh, Cilicia, I will hear thee, said he, when thine accusers are also come. And he commanded him to be kept in Herod's judgment hall. <clears throat> Excuse me. So Paul gets there. He gets to Caesarea. He's there with Felix. Felix reads that letter and he says, I'll tell you what, we're going to wait. I'll, I'll, I'll hear this case, but I'm going to wait till your uh, accusers come. And to be honest, that's kind of proper procedure. We're going to wait till those who are accusing you show up. And then we're, then we're going to have this case, this court case. So he keeps him there, and he also asks what province he, he, he's from. Remember, Paul's a Roman citizen, and Paul has made that clear many times. And, and, and I think that's a little bit here. He's wanting just to confirm who Paul is and where he's from, and then he's kind of getting some evidence, and he's going to hear this case. So I have this map for one reason. This is my new map. This is maps Paul's journey to Rome, or his fourth mission, missionary journey, or his journey to Rome. And he's not quite taking that journey in this chapter, so I'm jumping the gun, but I did want to just point out where we are because we did kind of back up and kind of recap some location there. So he was at Jerusalem, and I shrunk this down. I don't have it the way Ian does. I'll have to ask how he does the morphing there. But I zoomed in there. So he was at Jerusalem. He's came to Antipatris, and now he's here at Caesarea. So it's not a real long journey. And I want us to kind of point that out because we're going to see here in the Scriptures about uh, 12 days and then 4 days and 12 days. It's just a small amount of time. So there's not a real long, and I don't have the distance there, but it's not a real far distance to get from Jerusalem to Antipatris and then to Caesarea. So it's a small little area there. So now in Acts chapter 24... Uh, beginning in, in verse 1, we have that little bit of background story there. Acts chapter 24, verse 1, the Bible says, And five days, excuse me, and after five days, Ananias, the high priest, descended with the elders and with a certain orator named Tertullus, who informed the governor against Paul. And when he was called for, Tertullus began to accuse him, saying, Seeing that by thee we enjoy great quietness, and that very worthy deeds are done unto this nation by thy providence. Verse 3, we accept it always and in all places, most noble Felix, with all thanksgiving. So Ananias, the high priest, and the elders, and Tertullus. And I looked up that pronunciation. I've been saying it all day long. Tertullus is just a, it's, it's an interesting name. But he is an orator. He is a public speaker. He is a specialist, basically, in public speaking. He's used to swaying a crowd to see his point of view or his party's point of view. So he's very good at what he does. And you kind of see this from these laying off thick verses here. Now, 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 some of this is fine. I mean, when you go see a governor or you go, go see someone, a, a measure of respectfulness is, is, is natural. It's actually good. Paul kind of does the same thing as he talks to uh, Felix and Festus and, and as we go on through these chapters. It's no different if we met the president and we we're like, oh, Mr. President, it's an honor to meet you. Thank you, sir. You know, we, we would say some of these things. But Tertullus is laying on a little thick to me. And he's there specifically because what do they want to do? They want Paul dead. That, that's their main goal. And they tried several things along the way to achieve that goal. One of them, they were going to lie in wait to kill him. Didn't work. So now they're trying, in my opinion, a different method, a different form here. Let's just take him to court and get a really good lawyer and see if we can't get this done. 
So he's kind of greeting him there. He's giving him some flattery. And then he's moving on to, to, to his, uh, his accusations here. Verse 4 says, Notwithstanding that I be not further tedious unto thee, I pray thee that thou wouldest hear us of thy clemency a few words. And, and, and that is word. He, he's basically said, don't, don't let me waste your time. He said, just, if you'll just, out of your gentleness or your, or, or your goodness there, just, if you'll just listen to me just for a little bit, we'll be done. Because I'm sure you're going to see my side. That, that's how I, I read in those verses there. Verse 5 says, For we have found this man a pestilent fellow, a mover of sedition among all the Jews throughout the world, and a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes, all, who also hath gone about to profane the temple, whom we took and would have judged according to our law. So it leads me to believe that Tertullus is a Jew, because he's saying there, according to our law. And it says there that we see this man as a pestilent fellow. And what that means is that he's, he's like a plague. We consider this man a plague upon Judaism. And it said that he is a mover of sedition. He's just causing all these ruckus and these uproars against the temple and against the Jews. And a ringleader, I'm sure you understand that term, of the sect of the Nazarenes. Now, the sect of the Nazarenes, that's Christianity. And that's not a flattering term for Christianity either. He doesn't mean that in a flattering way. He said this sect or this heresy, or this hearsay of the sect of the Nazarenes, and that's Christianity. And then it says here, he profaned the, the, uh, the temple, and I'm not going to talk about that a lot, because Paul does it himself in a minute, and kind of just squashes all that pretty quick. And so we would have judged him uh, uh, according to our law, verse 7, though, but the chief captain Lysias came upon us, and with great violence took him away, out of our hands, commanding his accusers, which is them, to come unto thee, which is Felix, by examining of whom thyself mayest take knowledge of all these things, whereof we accuse him. And the Jews also assented, or concurred, or agreed with Tertullus, saying that these things were so. So that's what they, they accuse him of. He's profaned the temple. He's a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. And let me tell you, it's a terrible sect. That's, what, that's, what, that's how they're portraying it. He said he's a, a plague. And they're using these words, and I, I imagine and hope that Felix would be like, oh, well, take him out of here, get him away from me. And the other Jews there, Ananias and the elders, concurred, agreeing, like, yeah, what Tertullus is saying is correct. Those are the accusations. That's what they're accusing Paul of, of being this terrible person, being this ringleader, and profaning the, the temple, something that we wanted to judge him according to our law. Then Paul, after the governor, verse 10, then Paul, after the governor had beckoned unto him to speak, answered, and, and I'll stop there. It's, it's wonderful that Paul gets to speak for himself. And, and that might be some of that Roman citizen there. He probably didn't have anybody there to, uh, to represent them anyway. Paul doesn't need anybody to, uh, to represent him because he's got God and his son, Jesus Christ, on his side. And Paul gets the opportunity to speak for himself. And then Paul answered, said, for as much as I know that thou hast been Many years a judge unto this nation, I do the more cheerfully answer for myself, because that thou mayest understand that there are yet but 12 days since I went up to Jerusalem for to worship. So he specifically points out there's 12 days. In this 12 days since um, about Acts chapter 21, there's 12 days since he went into the temple to, to worship until now. That's not a very long time. And some of these things that they're accusing him of doing in, in the city of Jerusalem, you, you really couldn't do in 12 days. So he's saying, it's only been 12 days since they saw me in the temple till I stand here before you now. So that's not a very long amount of time. Then Paul says, and they, and they neither found me in the temple disputing with any man, 
not, neither rising up the people, neither in the synagogue nor in the city. Verse 13, neither can they prove the things whereof they now accuse me. But this I, I confess unto thee that after the way which they, they call heresy, so worship I the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and in the prophets. So he says there, these men, what they're accusing me of, he's basically saying is completely false. It's a lie. He says, they didn't find me in the temple disputing with anybody. I was just there with these men. He said, I wasn't rising up the people and causing a mob. He said, they didn't see me do that in the synagogue or in the city. And verse 13, it says, and they can't prove any of these things. And to me, it's almost like Paul's like, we're done. You, they can't even pr pr prove any of this stuff. There's no evidence there. And in a court case, you need to prove something. And I'm not, I'm not a lawyer. I, I was over there. I, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know all these things. But I know if you're going to accuse somebody and win, you better be able to prove it. You better have some evidence to back it up. And they had none. They just hated Paul. And they hated that sect of the Nazarenes. And they wanted Paul gone. Verse 14, where, where he said, But I confess that after this way, which is Christianity, he says, I worship the God of my fathers. The same God he's always worshipped. The same God the Jews have always worshipped. I worship that God through Christianity, through Jesus Christ. That's how you get to God. Believing all things that are written in the law and the prophets. So he's saying, these Jews, I believe all those things. Everything in the law, I believe. Everything that the prophets prophesied about. Paul says, I believe. And that's why I believe this way. And that way is Jesus Christ. It reminded me of what uh, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, where he says, Think not that I come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. And Paul understands that. Paul sees that now. He says, Jesus Christ and Christianity is a fulfillment of the law. It is the fulfillment of those things that he was taught all his life, just like those Jews that are sitting there. He writes himself in Galatians chapter 3, verse 24, wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. That's what Paul got. Paul understood it when he's talking to these Jewish people, but they didn't believe in Jesus. They did not get it. They thought it was just a sect. It was just something that needed to be squashed. As a matter of fact, Paul thought the same thing. He thought just like these guys, but he understands Jesus is a fulfillment of that law. And he understands that that law was a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ so that we can be justified by faith in Christ Jesus. And hold on to that thought, faith in Christ Jesus, because Paul's going to actually expound on that himself here later on in this chapter. We're going to talk about that. <clears throat> Verse 15, <clears throat> and have hope toward God. Verse 15, Paul is speaking here again, and have hope toward God which they themselves also allow that there shall be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. And herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and toward men. Now, after many years, I came to bring alms to my nation and offerings. Excuse me. So it says that he has hope towards God through Jesus Christ. He has hope uh, 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 toward God through those things about that resurrection of the, of the dead. And he said, these men here, those Pharisees that are there with them tonight, they believed in the resurrection of the dead too. He said, they also believe in the resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. But that's done where Jesus Christ will be the one to judge those people. 
But he says here, I exercise myself always to have a conscience void of offense towards God and towards men. And that's kind of the same, same language or the same verse that he used in Acts chapter 23, in the first of Acts chapter 23, where he said, I have lived in all good conscience until this day. Paul always, even when Paul was against the church, he always tried to have a conscience that was clear, that was doing what God wanted him to do. When Jesus Christ appeared to him on the road to Damascus, he started to do those things. And to me, it's a great example. You can take verse 16 and do a, a lesson on that, that we should be like Paul. Paul, he says, I exercise myself so that my conscience is void of offense towards God. Do, do you do that? Just as we take a, a, a side note from the Acts study, do you exercise that? Because it takes effort. It takes effort for Paul to, uh, to, uh, to do that, to try to bring every thought into captivity. That way, we live that life that God wants us to live. And Paul is living that life that God, God wants us to live. So I just want to point that out, that his wording there, he's that I exercise always to make sure that my conscience is clear. Continuing on in Acts chapter 24, verse 18 here, the Bible says, Whereupon certain Jews from Asia found me purified in the temple, neither with multitude nor with tumult, who ought to have been here before thee, and object if they had aught against me. Or else let these same here say, if they have found any evil doing in me while I stood before the council, except it be for this one voice that I cried standing among them, touching the resurrection of the dead, I am calling a question by you this day. So he says here, it was the Jews from Asia were the ones that started this whole thing. And he said, where are they at? They're, they're not even there. He said, Ananias and the elders are, are, are there, but it was the Jews from Asia that, that took Paul and started this whole uprising here. He said, if they have something against me, they should be here accusing me, and they're not even here. Or those that are here, did they find any evil doing in me when I stood before the council in the last chapter? He said, no. He said, I did this one thing. I did proclaim the resurrection of the dead. And remember, he caused that Sanhedrin council to be divided against themselves. And, and then this side started arguing with this side, and it was, it was, it was a genius move. And it, and it got Paul out of there. But he said... If I am I called in question of, of, of that this day, so he's saying nobody has anything against me. You want to talk about what I said about the resurrection of the dead? That's fine. They believe the exact same thing. So he said, even when I stood before the council, there was no evil doing they found in me, and there's none evil doing now. Back in Acts chapter tw uh, twenty-one. Acts chapter twenty-one, verse twenty-seven. The Bible says, and when seven days were almost ended, the Jews which were of Asia, when they saw him in the temple, stirred up all the people and laid hands on him, crying out, Men of Israel, help! This is the man that teaches all men everywhere against the people and the law and this place, and further brought Greeks into the temple and hath polluted this holy place. I wanted to, to kind of go back for just a second, as, as, as Ian did. That was, that was the start. That's what started this whole thing where he's at this court now through Acts chapter 24, as these men found him and just started crying, Help! This is, this is one of those that's turning the world upside down. He's a plague. He's teaching everything against the law. He's bringing Greeks into the temple, which he did not do. So I just wanted to point that out. Those men of Asia were the ones that accused him of all these things, and they're not even there before Felix. So Paul's like, they're not even there. But they're the ones that, that started this, this thing. Back to Acts chapter 24, it says, And when Felix heard these things, having more perfect knowledge of that way, he deferred them and said, When Lysias, the chief captain, shall come down, I will know the uttermost of your matter. And he commanded a centurion to keep Paul and to let him have liberty. 
and that he should forbid none of his acquaintances to minister or come unto him. So Felix really was lenient here with Paul and, and gave him a lot of liberty there. That he is certainly a prisoner. I want us to not make sure that we understand he is a prisoner, but his acquaintances or his brothers and sisters, so to speak, are able to come and minister or help him in, in whatever way that is, if that's a medical, physical way or spiritual way, and they're able to, uh, to come, come unto him. But Felix is kind of playing that, let's just wait card. Say, I don't really want to deal with you guys, and I don't want to deal with this either. I'm just going to wait until Lysias shows up, and then we'll, we'll hash all this out. So he's just like a stalling tactic here. And he is stalling for a particular reason, which we're going to see here in, in just a moment. But where it says Felix heard these things, having more perfect knowledge of that way, more perfect knowledge of what way? Of Christianity. And that word perfect kind of just means he has, he, has, he has a little bit better understanding of that way. And, and how or why does Felix have that understanding? I brought the map back up, one, because I wanted to, and two, because I wanted to point out where Felix is. Felix is in Caesarea. He is the governor there of Caesarea. What's going on in Caesarea that he might hear about this way? Well, Cornelius w w was in Caesarea, right? And Cornelius and all, all those, those Gentiles were baptized. What, what, what did they possibly do? Go about spreading the word of God? And Caesarea is also where Philip the Evangelist lives with, with his daughters. That's where one of the stops that Paul had on his way. What do you think if Philip the Evangelist was doing? He was going about evangelizing. So it's kind of natural that Felix has a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of understanding about this way. And I think that's why they pointed that out, is that the area that he's in, the region that, that he's in, these things have probably come to his ear about Jesus Christ and the resurrection of the dead. Verse 24, and after certain days when Felix came with his wife uh, uh, Drusilla, which was a Jewish, or she was Jewish, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. And as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. So Felix calls Paul to him. Felix has his wife, and as, as, as from my studying, that's not his only wife, but that's one of his wives. Felix brings his wife, who is a Jew, and they want to hear Paul. And they hear Paul concerning the faith in Christ. And he reasoned, that's Paul, Paul reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. What was Paul doing? Paul was giving a gospel lesson. Paul had the opportunity to stand before Felix and his wife, and they want to hear about Jesus Christ. Well, they're going to hear about the gospel, about righteousness that is in Christ Jesus, about temperance, that is self-control that you should have as, as a Christian, that you can get through Jesus Christ being a Christian and judgment to come. And God is going to judge the world through that man, Jesus Christ. who had the sheep on one side and the ghosts on the other. And Felix trembled. Why did he tremble? You think he was afraid? You think he, 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 was, he feared? Did he understand the judgment to come? Did he believe in the judgment to come? You know, the gospel or the faith in Christ Jesus, that's righteousness, that's temperance, and that's about the judgment to come and how we can be safe and secure in Jesus Christ. And I'm sure he's teaching Felix those very things. The really neat thing, if you want to know more about temperance, please be here at the end of October because I get to talk about that again. 
temperance or self-control is so important. And it's interesting that it's pointed out right here. I mean, we could point out other fruits of the Spirit. We could point out other things. But in this, this text, Paul speaking to Felix, righteousness and temperance, self-control and judgment meant to come. And it says here that he sent him away when he has a convenient season he will call for him. Or if he has a more opportune time, he will call for him. And to be honest, it, as we study out this chapter, he called for him several times. I don't think Felix was interested in believing in Jesus Christ because he talked to him for two years. As far as we know, Felix never obeyed that gospel. But Paul, the ever always preacher, had an opportunity, and he preached Jesus Christ. They wanted to hear it, well, they got it, and they got all of it. And he reasoned, that word reason means he spoke or he preached to them, Jesus Christ, righteousness, self-control, and judgment to come. And Felix said, when I have a convenient season, many times people wait, they hear that message and they wait, maybe for a convenient season, maybe for a more opportune time. Or maybe they want to get more stuff straightened in their lives. But you come to Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ is the one that fixes you. I don't think Felix understood or saw that, but he did tremble. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 24, he hoped also that money should be given him of Paul, that he might loose him. Wherefore he sent, him, sent for him the oftener, or more often, and communed with them. So he, he spoke with Paul several times. Doesn't tell us the exact time, but it was often, oftener. It was a lot of times that he brought Paul to talk to him. And what do you think Paul talked about? Jesus Christ. That's Paul's all and everything. So he communed with him. He talked to him. But after two years, Porcius Festus came into Felix's room, and that means he succeeded him. He's the new governor now. Festus is the new governor. And Felix, willing to show the Jews a pleasure, left Paul bound. So Felix, in the end, I don't, he didn't completely side with the Jews, but Felix, wanted to show the Jews a favor, wanted to do them a favor, left Paul bound. And that leads me to believe that he never fully repented or understood or obeyed the gospel that Paul was preaching to him. And it's sad. And we're going to see that happen again here later with another guy. When we hear the faith in Christ Jesus and it makes us understand or we tremble or we hear we feel that and we see that and we understand that don't wait for a convenient season but there they left Paul bound so as we leave this chapter Paul is still there he's still in Caesarea he's still bound he's still a captive he's still a prisoner a prisoner with liberty but he is a prisoner but that prisoner does not cease to teach Jesus Christ you know the Bible says in Matthew chapter 10 verse 28 and fear not them which kill the body but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both the soul and body in hell. I don't think Felix understood that, or Felix didn't get that. Felix was too concerned with that body. Maybe not necessarily fearing that those people were going to kill his physical body, but he wanted money. What was that money for? His physical self. He didn't have that godly fear of him who's able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Fear and godly fear of God is good. That godly fear can lead to repentance. And that repentance can lead to a life with Jesus Christ. And it's a message there at the end of this, of this chapter for us that as we see Paul, and Paul is the example of how we should be or how we should act. 
There are many examples of people out there that we should not be and that we should not act. And we may encounter some of these people. But Paul, even though he encountered him, when he encounters Agrippa, and they don't quite take the, take the, the seed, so to speak, it doesn't stop Paul from spreading that seed everywhere he goes to anybody that wants to listen, rich or poor. That is the lesson for tonight. If there's anyone here tonight that is subject to the gospel call, if there's anyone here that wishes to be baptized in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that you have heard or you understand that same faith in Christ Jesus that Paul was talking to Felix about, that righteousness and that temperance and that judgment to come, and you wish to be baptized in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, because that is the only way that you're going to be saved. That is the only way that you're going to be safe and secure when that judgment day comes, is that you are in Christ Jesus. And the way to be in Christ Jesus from that same chapter, we, we looked at Galatians chapter 3, is that you are baptized into Christ and you put on Christ. If you have not put on Christ tonight, we encourage you to do so. There's water behind me. We are prepared to uh, assist you with that. If you are a child of God or if you are going through a tough time and you need the prayers of the church or there's anything that we can help you with, we ask that, we ask that you would please come and stand or sit on the front row as we stand and we sing.